This is season motherfucking two. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Commander Podcast, where myself and other guests come on to talk about our favorite uncommon legends. Will you like to play as commanders? Today, I am joined by MTG Lexicon's very own... Uh, I'm trying to be a goofy intro guy, and it's it's the, it's the... Why am I forgetting what the killer's name is? Anyway, it's G3! It's, oh, it's, oh it's, god, the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> this is Zodiac Killer. We're Everyone joined by the run. Zodiac Killer today, G3. <laughs> I, my, mind you, I didn't come up with that. I would never... That That's just... I don't know. If it wasn't my friends, I'd, I'd think that's a little fucked up, but... <laughs> I'm Nick, a.k.a. G3 of the MTG Lexicon crew. <laughs> yeah, so I, I really gotta ask, because I know it always comes up, why, why have you been referred to as the Zodiac Killer, like, repeatedly? Um, you know, the actual, like, origin and specifics of it, um, I'm a little hazy on. I think if I if I had to, like, boil it down, it's just that I'm kind of neurodivergent, and I say and do things in a goofy way at times, and and uh, uh, I think I think uh, Matt, Matt H., uh, Bjorn with it kind of wanted to make light of that by calling me the Zodiac Killer, which is actually a little, little, um, like, like I said, it's, it'd be fucked up. If, it's kind, if it it's kind of fucked up. It's kind of fucked up. Uh, but it, it is definitely like a, um, uh, jovial chiding type, type thing. Where it's, it's, like, it's, it's yeah, a thing I, that I know, only really I, works in the context of the crew that know you, but anything outside oh, yeah. of it. It's and like even beyond, yeah, even it beyond uh, being people I know. It's like we we just have cultivated on our channel kind of this. Um, it's not this like, it's not that we're edgy necessarily. It's just like sometimes we, we say fucked up shit in in the knowledge that we're being we're being like you know safe and friendly with one another, and and we're just trying to be. Um, you know, make those human connections by by being vulnerable a little bit, and it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine being a little vulnerable by accepting the the joking Zodiac Killer moniker. It's like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I um, and so like MTG Lexicon, right? I mean, this is a group. I think this is just. I know it's normally this is something we go secondary into rather than starting it with first. But like, you know, MTG Lexicon. Hey, it's coming up around. Seven years, I believe, this year that that you you all have been together making this mm-hmm. content. You've added uh, Empress Quinn to the crew, and uh, you you've all there's it's, it's been D and D on Fridays, a few different and, iterations. Yeah. yeah, and heck, you're even coming back into the studio more often. Yeah, that that was that's a bit of a change over. Over COVID, I, I definitely isolated quite a lot. Despite I, I live fairly close to where our studio is, mm-hmm. it's about a two-minute drive from me. It's very very close. Um, but the just getting over there, I was my wife and I isolated a lot, and we had a we had a young one, and now mm-hmm. we have a second young one. Uh, so we we just kind of uh, more so towards the first year and a half, two years of of COVID, um, we just kind of didn't didn't get out much um but now, now that we're i'm now that i'm a bit more comfortable um 
with COVID shit. I don't know. It's I don't want I won't get too much into COVID aspects, but I'm I'm spending a bit more time in the studio and trying to um, actually hang out with friends in person. There was a point there towards the like six months after after spell table became like a big thing in 2020 like late 2020 where i was i was playing way more webcam commander than i was actually going into the studio and playing on the actual lexicon stream but uh yeah i'm I'm back in back in i guess uh that that might be a segue into talking about the crew for sec just because you said we've gone we've added uh empress quinn aka girl dick energy and we've uh, we've had a couple additions actually where our, some of our more recent hosts were people like Johnny Dale and Matt H. Um, the very first iteration of the stream was a 1v1 match of Paper Commander between myself and my brother, and Brandon, our producer, was producer in it. Uh, so if you go on our YouTube, you can actually find and upload a recording of our very first game and stream of Commander. Um, way 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 back in december of 2015 uh which makes our anniversary seven years coming up uh so the the first iteration was my brother brandon our producer and very quickly jeff and uh the other nick nick s uh the four of them did it pretty consistently like a year or so before i i um went more than like once a month to the to the stream so that's that's been a long time long time for us to be in the content game or whatever we haven't we haven't like you know blown up or anything but we've definitely we've been around for a while we've you've seen, been we've you've seen been consistent you've been consistently around yeah that's that's a good point too in that we stream every saturday night and there's there's been maybe a couple dozen saturday nights over the past seven years where we haven't streamed it's it's been basically every Saturday night, and I think that's part of our mainstay as far as like being co- like a content producer or whatever. It's it's a it's a matter of being there for people to know where to go, where to show up, and see see the content. It's hard for people sometimes to catch a stream live, but you, you know if you if you like wait around for the vod, you can always watch the vod and shit like that. And so that's can, that's part of the mainstay. <laughs> One of the some of the things that I love that you all have been doing recently, especially now that that Quinn's been added to the roster, uh, Quinn's Drown Secrets dot uh, FM. Uh, oh yeah, that, that's been coming out slowly over time, and which you know, what is the fantastic that's a vi- way? That's a vibe. That's that a vibe what is the sure. fantastic way that you lost in a game of Commander? And I certainly hope uh, that Quinn talks about the absolute annihilation of Joho making the megazord <laughs> and oh, yeah. just like just absolutely annihilating uh quinn it oh it was it was and that's another thing too like the the clips that every that you all have been putting up uh as well as like the full vods on 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 stream like Content creation is hard, y'all. Yes, <laughs> I, I know. I know. Like a lot of in the magic community, there's this interesting. It's like a wide overlap between people who make content and people who consume content, and like it's just the magic sphere kind of consumes people's hobbies and interests and like active participation and stuff. Uh, but it if you want if you want to like actually put out stuff that people enjoy. You got to do it consistently, and that just takes a lot of a lot of upfront work to to put out to put out 
edited in even unedited content. Like for for a while there, we were we were really we're hitting the wall just even getting our vods from Twitch over to YouTube because Twitch you don't get to permanently keep a, a, a stream recording it goes it goes away after like a day if you're not affiliate goes mm-hmm. away after like a week or something if you are an affiliate or and we've been doing this for a while you could play you could pay for twitch turbo which means they stay around for like 60 days so, i which, thought it was like 60 uh, or 80 or some odd days something like that yeah so it's a, it's a lot longer and we do we get we get pretty decent view counts on the vods themselves but they do go away, and so that's that's a process of exporting and getting it to YouTube, and you know it's it's not it's minor, it's not that big, but it's you, you gotta do it if you want to actually put out content because otherwise you can't cultivate an audience. Uh, but part part of that is you know um, just part of the part of the game or whatever of, of being a content creator. Um, but it does it does take time away from actually playing the game or theory crafting about building decks and so it's a it's an interesting balance between you know what what you're looking for as far as entertainment what you're trying to produce and what you need to get done to actually like get stuff out there yeah i now i i thought that the deck theory crafting and building thing was a very interesting jumping off point into your deck because uh, you have uh, you have uh, elf deck you have partners as commanders uh, you have Nadir agent of Duskenel and Numa Jiraga chieftain and it's it's you have re- you have restrictions in place yes it's an elf ball deck but also you got a few other things here um, so Nick why don't you take it away tell us uh, you know what you're working with and why you, you put this together yeah, so this is a continuation of... Uh, I, I tend to not um, disassemble decks. I tend to evolve them. And so I had a mono green elves. It was, it was elf tribal, not quite elf ball. And I've, ha- I've had an elf deck for years now. I, I built an Azuri uh, renegade leader ages ago. And then when Dominaria from... Oh my gosh, what year was this? 2018 or whatever whenever the previous dominaria came out uh marwin that was that set right marwin the nurturer that mm-hmm. came out and so i was like oh i'm gonna switch my commander to marwin try and make it a little a little bit less combat and more care about uh generating mana and so i had that deck for a while it didn't go through too much change uh it did have a it leaned towards having low artifacts and a little bit of artifact hate and so the catalyst for this deck really happened around the time uh, the the Lathril precon from from Kaldheim came out, which is a great precon. Act- yeah, and that deck actually looked fairly similar to what my build was, and I was like, oh, this is this is interesting. Watsi put put out a precon that that kind of reflects my deck building style, and so I was like, okay, can I do something with this deck despite it being very close to what I've I already have. And so I was like, okay, so there's some pieces I can take out of my Marwin deck to make because Marwin taps for mana and then Lathral has this tapping ability. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna take my support cards for tapping and untapping, put that in the Lathral deck, 
And then I got these leftover pieces. In fact, I have way too many leftover pieces. And this is kind of part of my process as well, where I, I sort through my cards and I start assembling these like packages. Uh, sometimes they're commander lists. Sometimes they have like a commander in line in mind or lined up for, for, you know, what they could be. And so I got this big old pile of like, what, what is this green black elves build? What, what could it be? And so I was like, I need to make a, a splitting point to make it easier to get the cuts down. And so this, <laughs> what was one deck turned into two because of Lathril. And then I realized, oh, it's actually three decks. I'm going to make a third deck to just kind of get rid of the, the chaff from this build, the, the Numa Nadir build. And so how I made that decision was, I was like, very easy all the creatures have to be elves. That's going to be like a very, very easy hurdle to uh, self-impose. In magic? So that's no, crazy. Yeah, I mean, the the fact that like some support cards, like there's the uh, Werewood uh, Symbiote, I think it's called. It's an insect. It cares about elves, but it itself is an insect. So I was like, that's got to go. It doesn't even matter if it mentioned elves. It's got to go. And so I was like, is there something else I could see here that cuts down the list and so i'm looking through my cards and i'm like i'm gonna cut the very obvious choice of the the cards that's etb and search your library like all the like the wood elves and shit like that that actually search for a forest and put on field i was like i'm doing none of the search abilities i'm doing no fetching i want this deck to be head empty so i'm gonna make mana dorks instead so all, all my mana producers, there's no mana rocks in this deck either. I'm going to touch upon that in a sec. It's all mana dorks. It's the Elvish Mystics, Fintorn Elves, a uh, couple spicier ones like Heritage Druid. Uh, but the the takeaway I had for that was like, I'm not going to do any searching, so I'm going to use the, the Elf Druids instead. I was like, okay, all these are Elf Druids, but then I have a couple combat-oriented cards, and I'm looking at... Looking at my pile, I was like, you know what I can do? I can right now slice off any creature that's not a warrior, a druid, or a shaman. So every creature in my deck is an elf, and it's either a warrior, a druid, or a shaman. And so that was kind of uh, a baseline for like my thinking for the deck. It's like, okay, no searching, and no creatures outside of the this like uh, small set of, of potential creature types and so I, I got thinking a little bit more and it was already a little bit low on the artifact side of things so I initially the, the very first build of this deck uh from like a year or so ago um now i, now I can't remember when Kaldheim came out <laughs> i think uh, it was about two years ago now but maybe i could ago. be oh i could gosh. be wrong so i i definitely started this build late 2020 that sounds right um so we we me i i was like hey there's there's no um commander commander player not referencing themselves as we challenge impossible <laughs> i i am i'm a committee at times when i'm trying to like sometimes i have my rational side and, and then i have my more flavorful side i'm both a melvin and a vorthos really depends um so this deck's more of a, a mechanical than a flavorful reason. Like, I can't really give you a breakdown as to why this deck 
should be this way. There is no should, but there's like a, okay, here's how it comes together. So the first build had no artifacts, no instants, and no sorceries. That was kind of my next step up of of like, well, what can I do to make cutting a a pile of 200 potential elf cards into a, a, a stack that can be minor cuts until I actually get my list 100. And so that was the next thing on the chopping block. Anything that's not an enchantment, land, creature, or planeswalker. I ended up having, I tend to only have zero, one, or two planeswalkers in a deck uh, anyway. So this deck does have two planeswalkers. Um, Which makes sense, considering they either make elves or care about elves. Yes, both both of them. There's the Tyvarkel and there's Fraley's Land of Wars Fury. So both of those make uh, make some druids, actually, which um, help... Actually, oh my god, Tyvar doesn't make druids. Tyvar makes elf warriors, but makes all of them into druids that tap for... Yeah, not essentially druids, it but makes they tap for elves, yeah. Yeah, which is kind of interesting. Um, so that fits the theme, and so I... As I was thinking about, it, I was like, "Okay, I got this. I got this primal surge deck already. I've had a long-standing deck in my repertoire. My Mayel the Animar, the Anima deck, which has primal surge in it, and it's a ninety-nine permanent plus primal surge build. So I was like, well, I don't really want this deck to be exactly like that. So then I was like, what's what's one other card that's like maybe an artifact or an instant." Or something that could fit this deck that kind of exemplifies that nature of being restricted, but then having an exception. Because Primal Surge, I was like, if this is going to be all permanence, I kind of, eh, you know, maybe not. But if I have one exception of the Primal Surge, then that that's definitely like a, that exemplifies the, the, the exception to the rule type thing. So to match the exception to the rule, for instance, I went with Squall Line because it deals X damage to each creature with flying and each player. So that's that's kind of a elf ball finisher. So I, this I, is kind I mean, of it more is, of a... It is, a, it is such a strange green win con for, like, Squall Line, and I can't remember its other counterpart. Hurricane. Like Hurricane. Where, yeah. you know, if you're high up on life, or at least in, in a position where it's just enough, Rather, you could cast Overrun, you could cast Overwhelming Stampede, you could cast Crater Hoof Behemoth, but in your position, you don't really have a lot of that flexibility. So you're like, okay, well, if they're all mana generating elves, I could convert that into Squall Line, which should end the game or, you know, get rid of a bunch of flyers and have this sort of modularity that's a lot different than, like, your just typical elf deck. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's it's the elf ball finisher with a twist, kind of. <laughs> uh, and so I, I also, you know, I kind of heemed and hawed on it a little bit, but I ended up on my first iteration of this deck allowing one single uh, artifact in it, which cares about elves. It's Serpent's Soul Jar, which says whenever an elf you control dies, exile it, and then you can pay two life and tap the jar to until on the turn allow you to cast creature spells that were exiled with the jar, which I was like, you know, that's that's a great exception to the rule um, by allowing a single artifact and it cares about elves very specifically. And so that that I played that deck for a while. It looks very similar to the list that I I sent you. I've only made a few minor tweaks. One of the what I did briefly after Boulder's Gate came out was I I put 
um, Jahira, friend of the forest at the helm, mm-hmm. um, and put the, what was that background called? Um, which, okay. Agent of the Iron Throat. Agent of the which, Iron Throat, which is a which, super you know, sweet, oh, it's so good. In a vacuum, I was like, you know, um, I got a bunch of elves, I'm gonna deal damage, and Jahira lets my tokens tap for mana. I was like, great, let me let me just make even more mana and then get a, a benefit from my creatures dying with the Iron Throne. But I only played that once, that version of it once, because I realized the deck doesn't actually make a bunch of elf tokens, which is when I remembered one of my earlier uh, restrictions of the deck, uh, which I guess that's a good segue because I hadn't mentioned it before, was... I included no token production in the first version of it. And I kind of forgot about that as I as the months went on. Because um, I did end up adding a couple cards that made uh, elf tokens. I wanted this to be like a very bare bones. I don't need tokens. I don't need to search my deck. I don't need to like... Uh, care about a couple uh, you know a couple different aspects of the game and really simplify the process uh but that that did end up changing and i ended up changing the commanders back to numa nadir and so this current version of it i moved away a little bit from the i kind of a plus one plus one counter sub theme a little bit and mm-hmm. I've, I've moved back from that and kind of emphasized my quirky restrictions a little bit more uh so the two planeswalkers is now matched by two exceptions for each of the other ones that I mentioned before. The only other sorcery in the build is now Sylvan Offering, which makes a bunch of elf tokens. Um, you choosing the opponent, you and that player each create X an XX green tree folk creature token, and then choose an opponent, you and that player each create X one one green elf warrior token. So that's the other sorcery, which is also kind of another big mana finisher. The other instant is an elf instant. It's Eye Blight's Ending, destroy target non-elf creature, which very much on point for this deck because there's only elves in this deck. Uh, So it kind of exemplifies that a little bit. And the deck kind of needs a little bit of help in the removal department. And then this is one of the newest additions to the deck. The only other artifact is the Cauldron of Eternity. And part of that is because the deck's a little bit light on card advantage and recursion and, like, not not direct card advantage, but, like, the, the virtual card advantage uh, type deal. And so Cauldron of Eternity is going to, I think, kind of help round out my mid-game a little bit. If I run out of steam, I can I can get a little bit, um, a little bit of juice back with the Cauldron. Uh, so that just leaves, at the moment, I'm at 24 enchantments and 31 creatures plus the two commanders. So 33 creatures. And so I'm, I'm maybe going to tweak the numbers a little bit, but that's that's kind of where I'm at. The only other finisher, I think, that, that's notable to talk about in this deck, because there's no crater, ho- crater hoof in here, but there is a helix pentacle. Helix Pinnacle is a single green uh, enchantment, has Shroud, you play, you pay X into it to get X tower counters, and at the beginning of your upkeep, if, there, if there's 100 or more tower counters on it, you win the game. So that's that's just a, that's an outlet for all the mana I'm, I'm for sure going to be making uh, throughout this game. I guess, actually, uh, Beastmaster Ascension kind of counts as a finisher a little bit, but it's, it's a little bit more telegraphed than the than the other options. 
So that's a little bit of the the overview for this goofy goofy deck. Uh, like I said, it's it's all druids, shamans, and warriors, um, and it's just it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny to look at. It's it's definitely got my mark on it, um, and I've been enjoying playing it just because of how streamlined that decision making is. Because there's no instance in this deck except the the two. Um, exceptions like the the deck is very much play my turn by tapping dudes and and passing it on <laughs> i mean hey that's how i like playing magic like um i'm very much a, a, a creature centric player i uh i it, it's not like i detest really alternate win cons it's just i find them so thoroughly unappealing if i feel as if i like the card uh, like what's a what's a prime example? Like I look at a card like Squalline, and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, that's a that's a fine magic card to try and try to win with because you are simultaneously being hurt by it, and you need to work around that because if you're not careful, you lose the game. If you yeah, you know, you're like, oh well, if I do, you know, if I do twenty five. Well, that's my life and you're at total. Twenty six that opens you up to yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it, but everyone else is like twenty seven, and it's like, well, you better be able to freaking get everyone there and then uh, with that much investment. And then, uh, but I look at another card, and I, you know, obviously a card that would probably fit really well in the deck, but then it goes so goes against like the restrictions. Um, Torment of Hellfire. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like, oh well, now by having an incredibly large X value. Um, Everyone else has to either sacrifice a bunch of resources to counteract the effects, or just die. And at those at those points, it's like, oh, I made an inf- I made infinite mana, and everyone dies. They're like, oh, cool, great. Well, I make infinite mana, but if I cast Squall Line, I die first, or in a really bad position. And it's like, okay, well, then you have to- that. That is, uh, that, I think, actually, that's that's a good um, point to bring up here. Is that the Lexicon hosts and just in in general, I, th- I think we tend to not build um, intentional infinites in our decks and that type of um, low board presence wins. We we tend to avoid when we're deck building. Uh, we we advise that for playing on our stream, but it's, it's not like a hard and fast requirement necessarily. It's just kind of the way we build our decks in general and so this this deck definitely despite making a bunch of mana and that's that's the point of it it does not make infinite mana and nor does it do it crazy fast this is a this is a rather fair deck uh that just happens to get a hand if if i have a good board presence which is just i I guess that's the mark of a good uh mid mid to high not not high powered deck, but like a deck a mid tier deck that's leaning towards that direction or whatever. I mean, like, and that's and and on, like it's one of the reasons why. One of the reasons, like, obviously, the big focus here for for a lot of these decks that have been on the channel is that uh, we focused on on common legends to which, in a way, can be very restrictive unless you're Sir Conrad. That card is just. Sir Conrad is just busted. Uh, but everyone's that's, a got, mi- that's a mythic uncommon if I'm... Th- yeah, like that card <laughs> tr- triggers on literally every single game action pretty much. It's it's kind of ridiculous. But 
um, for the most part, it's like, okay, I'm an advocate for deck restrictions because, you know, if you do not, sometimes if you don't add any restrictions, you get carried away in what your deck is capable of doing. And then you're like, and I stomp everyone and it doesn't feel fair because no one else had the opportunity to interact with it. And then that might go into the whole conversation of like play more removal or do this or do that. And it's like, okay, whoa, 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 hold on. What I'm saying is we should add more restrictions to allow older cards and different cards to shine, but also to, you know, maybe the deck does not need to be the absolute best and most optimized it needs to be. Maybe it just, just needs to be an elf deck that focuses on elves with some minor tricks and no searching and no tutoring and all this other stuff, and you just play the game as Richard Garfield intended. <laughs> um, and, and like, this deck is, like... Super sweet. Like, like I, I just... First of all, I, I think choosing partner commanders is always fun, and only have gotten more fun with the new background cards. Um, doubling up on those types of effects and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. Numa and Nadir have the plus one counter synergy thing, and they also carry yeah, out they're, elves. they're internally and, synergistic. And, yeah. and if, you know, obviously that is by design. They're part, they came from Commander Legends. Of course, like, in a draft environment, you're like, well, if I need to, I, I can make an elf deck. That's super sweet. Then the, and then if uh, Lathril deck came, Lath, wait, Lathril? Lathril? There's so many yeah, Lath. Yeah, something like that. Lath elf, <laughs> Lath elf lady. Uh, put, put all that together. And then you're like, okay, but what do I make out of the shadow of this? Because that that's just like the nature of magic. If especially once you get into these really themed builds around certain creature subtypes, where you're like, oh, I have a lot of flexibility in what I can do. You can have your really good elf deck. You can also have your really like mid elf deck that still achieves the goal of making a bunch of creatures, putting a bunch of plus encounters on them, having mana advantage and all this other stuff, and still you know, at the end of it, it's like, okay, it's time to throw out Azuri Renegade leader and, like, pump everyone up, or, huh, what's my life total? Oh, I'm higher than everyone, Squall Line, you know, <laughs> squall like, line. <laughs> and, and, you know, some people might feel like the Squall Line's the gotcha, and, like, it would be funny being like, okay, cool, uh, and your end step, I, uh, Squall Line, everyone, and, like, some people might have issues with, like, wins out of nowhere like that but that's kind of just magic in a nutshell like there's so many different ways to play the game and so many different ways to build decks and the reasons why you build decks like that um and it's one of the reasons like why i find commanders so appealing is because there's so much room to do super powered hot like super high powered stuff you can do you can do cdh stuff you can do popper you can do everything else in between and then your own personal flair and spin on things of like, you know, I want to put this deck together. How am I going to go about doing it? Well, I'm going to focus on this particular theme or aspect of a card. Why? And, you know, sometimes choosing the most, the suboptimal route is kind of one of the best ways to have a, not only a great deck building experience. And then when you get to show off what it does to like people who, you know, it, I, I find like, Especially because we're in the content creation part. No matter, you know, if you do it once a week or once a month or, like, however often you do it, you're 
with your contemporaries who get to give you the immediate feedback of like, wow, that's really cool. And you're like, oh, that's such a good feeling. Yeah. Or, or even the, the negative flip side of like, there, you, you're, you may be griped about like putting this strong interaction in your build and then you see it play out and everyone at the field's like going, oh, I can't believe you played that. And it, it makes you feel bad instead of the like victorious, like, haha, I'm glad this is working. You're more like, Oh man, this is not the desired, you know, feeling and play style that I was actually going for. So despite yeah, the, yeah. you know, logically this is the the better position, the the better card to put into the deck. Maybe, you know, the the wisdom of of sociality will allow me to to renegotiate my understanding of what should go in this deck and go, "Oh, yeah, this this deck that's objectively weaker but kind of has these better interactions, I should probably go with that instead. But obviously that, that depends on preference and who you play against and whatnot. And also communication, like, the biggest... Yeah. Like, I mean, like, honestly, like, I think even on a surface level, despite the fact that most people would probably be like, oh no, look at G3's playing an elf deck, what are we going to do about that? And then, like, they actually see the, the application... Uh, of the deck and it's like oh this is probably like the most unoffensive green black <laughs> theme deck that i've ever had to play against and like that is like hilarious but also totally exactly what i'm here for of like this is the most like magic's so complex right it <laughs> yeah it is and it's like you know like oh i could i could make this super sweet elf deck that does all these things um you can make it super resilient and then you're like but what if i like start skipping out on certain actions that a lot of commander players have already kind of like considered to be like staples of like not like cards but like game actions in a commander game like obviously i got yeah, a tutor for stuff i got i got i got a tutor i got a tutor for lands and put it into play i got a tutor for cards and put it in my hand i got a um i got a ramp super like and you're like, what if I just like cut half of that activity out and just crammed a deck together, <laughs> you know? And like, there's sometimes I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I want to do a complex game action. And my my recent one, I think that best exa- my deck that best exemplifies that is my Dahada Binder of Wills deck. And Dahada Binder of Wills, very obviously not an uncommon. She's kind of busted. Uh, you know, I have the two main choices. I'll never get to the ultimate range, but it's like the two main choices of the commander is make your legendary creature indestructible with vigilance and lifelink on the plus, or you negative three and you basically mill yourself four cards, put all the legendary cards in your hand, and make X treasures, which is the amount that gets put in your graveyard. That's- that ability is so fucking It's powerful. so fucking busted. <laughs> keep looking at it and going, oh my lord. <laughs> and even, and you know what, like, I love, I do love powerful cards like this, even though that I'm an advocate for, like, lower power play and choosing less, like, I love seeing less effective legendary creatures be played, but I also look at Tahada, and I love Mardu as, like, a color combination. I'm like, okay, but my thing is, my theme that I wanted to do was I wanted to put Gideon... Like, OG Gideon Jura, and I wanted to put uh, Sarkhan the Masterless in, and I wanted to have this Planeswalker sub-theme, and 
Oh, and, and beef, beefy planeswalkers that swing face. Yes. So, you know, I, I obviously some of them, like, I, I put out, uh, like, I put out a Sorn, and I put out a Chandra, and I deal damage, and I exile cards in the top of my library, and I get card advantage and all this other fun stuff. And then I can blow something up with Gideon or turn him into a creature so he's the only one who can be attacked by a target player or, you know, like, whatever shenanigans. But at some point, I want to put out, like, Gideon Jura, and I want to put out Sarkhan the Masterless, and I want to put out uh, Sarkhan the Mad. So I turn all my Planeswalkers into dragons, and then I activate the Mad's ability to deal damage to someone equal to the number of dragons I have. And then I swing out. But the problem is, and maybe maybe it's not a problem, because I definitely should reserve Dahada for more tuned-slash-powerful games... Um, it's just the the main commander is so good that everything else kind of just falls into place by proxy. Like it rams it mm-hmm. you it's card advantage. It's it's a way to protect your creatures. It's still a niche choice. You have to choose a legendary creature, and you know I can't choose Gideon Jura as the target of the plus three unless I wanted to. Like, but. He's already going to be indestructible, and he's not going to be a creature by the time I pass the turn. So it's like, I, I still obviously have to put in, like, I don't know. Like, I have, the list is extensive. It's 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 a fun deck. It's kind of bullshit. But the idea, the idea's been floating around, and it seems to have occupied your brain in such a way that I, I find myself get, getting into that a lot. Where it's like, oh, oh you know, I'm not going to build that deck there, but... You know, this deck, if it gets, like, one or two new cards that say, you know, a specific combination that I don't know yet, but it's going to come out and go, boom, the deck's there now. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, I know, I, I think one of my things that I love about Commander, but I also hate about design uh, that Wizards, because, like, on one hand, Commander's the biggest thing, so they have to churn out all these legendary creatures, but then that means sometimes the decks do make themselves. Uh I look at Dahada as an example, and I look at, um, what it, Miram, oh, like the Teamer Dragon from Baldur's Gate, um, mm, oh, that yeah, yeah. makes copies, yeah. makes non-legendary token copies of dragons that you put into play, which is like, absolutely busted i also made that deck because i love dragons so much like i love playing powerful cards but the commander also just makes it easier for those powerful cards to be even more powerful and that means like as much as i love it i do have to reserve them for those special games and i'd rather on the most part play like a like a numa nadir deck where it it just has enough to be a functional commander deck but Obviously, and it needs to fit in that kind of game where everyone's in agreement of the type of game they want to play. Um, and it's just like, and then we're, and that, that's not even getting into like the whole like, okay, deck building aside, what about the emotional side of things that where <laughs> the social, yeah. co- the, the social contract between you and, you know, usually three other players agree upon of like, you know, it's no longer a numerical scale, everything is a seven. Shout out, shout out to Mr. Fitzy Fitz and Prophet for <laughs> Casual Sevens. Hilarious, hilarious title. Um, but but now it's the nuance of, if I do play my Dahada deck into a wrong table, and 
we thought or, or or maybe communication was bad on my part or maybe i over or underestimated what was going to happen yeah you're thinking hey i'm gonna go for this like quirky interaction i'm gonna like this is the line the line is to do something fun and then they're sitting but down the problem but the problem wow, he's is generating card advantage wow he's generating a lot of mana uh-oh he's like he's like, you know I'm, and you're sitting what, there going i didn't mean to do this this is i not i the... meant i meant to <laughs> but the problem is is that the actual the actual value engine is really good and when you put out I can't remember what my board state was this one particular game and even after the board was being wiped and my planeswalkers were dying I got to reanimate them and do all this stuff and they're like oh so the deck's also resilient it's like yes uh, play more graveyard interaction not really what you know not always applicable to everyone and not always <laughs> get, gonna get good scrub <laughs> but yeah it, it was, and you know don't even get me started on the whole like Okay, I I know that Dehada needs the right playing field. That's fine. Also, and d telling people to be like, always play more interaction, always play more graveyard destruction, always do this, always do that. It's like, goddamn, can I just put a deck together and like do something and make the emotional gauge the the emotional response, not just from myself yeah. but my opponents? Because like, the there's been sometimes I play that deck. And it's like, oh, this is doing really good, and I'm getting the the good pushback, but that might be because people are playing more interaction. That's not necessarily representative of, like, I don't know, it's it's a couple of other things. That, and then, like, if the game goes badly, in my, like, it goes in my favor, and it goes badly for everyone else, and they're like, oh, I gotta scoop, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. I then have to make the emotional judgment of, like, okay, do I tune the deck lower or do I keep it to the side because I also have another Mardu deck of Ishin Two Heavens is One, where that can be pretty powerful, but it's very creature centric, and I have to go to combat, which some people just you know prevent that from happening. So, you know, I have I have the flexibility of choice and the emotional like I have the emotional capacity to be like this created a feels bad experience to other people, and therefore I feel bad. And, you know, that doesn't always resonate with everyone. Some people are like, why do you have such an emotional response to that? And it's like, sometimes it's like, listen, if I went to my LGS, and I always use this example. If I, had, I went to my LGS and I played against a 10-year-old kid who has a sleeveless, uh, Erebos, bleak-hearted deck, which definitely totally happened. This, is, this kid existed. Um... And he got to sit down and it's, you know, there's, there's no, there's nothing at stake. There's no, you know, no one's getting packs or trade value or anything like that. And he sits down, he sits down against two other people who are like, yeah, we got some cool, like, we got some cool decks that can jam with you. And then the, the other guy throws down his blinged out, like, super stomp deck, you know, I, and I don't I intentionally don't want to be that third guy who did that. Um, and I am not that guy. But sometimes that does yeah. happen. And it's like, I'm like, shoot. Luckily, because I know this kid probably just wants a regular game with some cards he got from his draft chaff or the free box or got from his friends or whatever. I will put away my Dehada deck and bring out, like, my Audric Blood Curse deck. Which is always, like, one of my fun decks of, like, uh, keyword soup. Make artifacts, uh, loot, reanimate stuff, yada yada yada, and 
it it does the job and then sometimes it doesn't but that's because it's not the most tuned most powerful deck i could possibly make and that's fine you know i I think that's a a good good point to make and what that made me think of was tuning your decks for um experiences rather than game outcomes uh and what what i mean by that is like you, you don't you may want to win uh but now now that i'm now that i'm saying this i feel like it's it's contrived and it's been said for years in in different fashions across edh discourse but oh easily I, easily I guess, like I guess we're, re- it's retread. I'll, I'll, we're retreading yeah it. That's i guess funny. i'll restate it which is like you know you you kind of at a certain point you can't just play your deck in a vacuum and assume that the outcome of this card plus this card equals i win and you know stopping other people from stopping you from getting to that point like that's that's a, a fine goal to have but the my experience is that at, le- at least two-thirds of the people i go up against they're not like that's not even priority number one or two that's like that's third priority after having like a good like the game goes well and then also having like a social experience some, some kind of you know, some kind of satisfying end to a game that everyone's been shooting the shit and talking sh- yeah, talking shit like a narrative and... a narrative in a way like a a, ga- a gameplay narrative of like this has rising action a a um a, a, a some kind of climax and then a a resolution a low low lowering action or whatever kind of like a classic three act structure um and that's that's obviously where a lot of disconnect comes from where it's like people people think they're you know doing those three that you know the rising action the climax and the fall they they think they're they're happening at one point but it's actually happening at another or you were expecting it at one point and it actually happened quicker than expected that type of thing and so part of its expectations we we tend to people tend to have um expectations that don't always match reality and it's it's kind of the greater the skew between our expectations and perception and the way things actually play out that causes that kind of um discomfort at times there's a lot of psychological discomfort to not having your expectations met and so that's kind of the goal of having the pre-game conversation slash rule zero it's like you don't you don't need a very long conversation you don't need to bash people for playing stronger or weaker cards you just need to clearly identify what you're looking to get out of a game and kind of and even even that's hard to do so i, I don't especially wanna, like, especially go, just like just every, know what you want the, it, <laughs> i feel like i feel like the at the end of the day is that like despite the fact that the, the, the conversation will always happen and continue regardless of because ultimately commander EDH Commander was made with, like, all these built-in restrictions as, you know, among friends, you know. Uh, I know we give the the Commander Advisory Group and then by proxy, like, the the, like, the Rules Committee. Like, every, every we give everyone, like, really hard time because it's like, you could do, you could ban all these things, you can unban all these things. Like, the Rules Committee doesn't matter, but it does matter because, like, if we didn't have this, we'd have no, you know level playing field and all this other stuff and it's like originally a group of friends who were judges made a fun concept around elder dragons and they called it elder dragon highlander and they're like 
wow, what if we like, and that was already based off of something else. And then they flush it out and then they, and then it was flushed out again where anyone can use whatever legendary creature they wanted, but it's got to work within the rule, like the color restriction still. And then they changed how lands rule worked. And then they, and then magic changed like the, how the rules work with legendary creatures. And then now like commander is an absolute behemoth and ultimately it's all subjective and we're all going to have our own personal feelings about how to play commander and some people don't want to play the way I want to play and I don't want to play the way they want to play and that's fine if if we can't even meet in the middle we at least have other people we can play with that satisfies that particular itch you know it's it's not the end of the world the conversation will continue but the the conversation needs to happen as much as we might like lament it you know yeah, and it's it's definitely tricky because there's just something about this game that makes people so invested in it. Like I I've been <laughs> I've been playing Commander for the majority not majority. So, I've I've been playing Commander for almost all of my adult life and I I turned 30 earlier this year. Um and I've been playing Magic the Gathering since I was like 7 or something. Not Obviously, that that was like pre kitchen table. This was carpet floor magic. <laughs> I'm I'm describing a, a new a new low of magic, which is uh, stuff like land dump, where you can just play as many lands each turn. Shit like or that. or but, vigilance you know, means infinite attack steps and yeah, shit like that. So I've I've been playing magic for a while. I've been playing commander for a decade, which is kind of wild to think of. Um, a, a, I think it was late 2011 or something uh but really just a few months later is when I actually like started actually building decks and whatnot um but the the point of of that is like with 10 years of commander experience i've seen i've seen quite a lot of different ways of playing the game i saw the rise of of cedh content and like the discussion around that change over time and like cdh has never just never called out to me but i've i've never been like well they're playing it wrong it's never it's never been that type of um, i don't know what is the not even edh or like cdh or whatever what is the correct way to play magic you know like let's let's get real deep like they have all the like you know it does is the secondary market like does the secondary market need to exist uh oh yeah is does it, it matter is it collectible or is it a trading card is, is it, it you is know it a, is it an investment you know, you know are it, these game pieces or are they the actual like is it are they like representatives of game actions or is or it you know is it the, is it the rep- yeah is it is it the holy grail that we have to abide by or are you just an elitist prick or, you know, like, you know, people are complaining about Standard or Modern or playing Pioneer or playing on Arena or MTGO. And it's like, yes, I do not like the idea of playing on MTGO or on an Arena. That's on me. Um, the same way that I, you know, continuously stating that Commander is really the be-all end-all way of playing Magic is false because people still like playing Draft or Cube or whatever. There's like a hundred, realistically, like there's so many different ways to play magic that stating that one is the real tried and true way to do it is just completely ridiculous. Because at the end of the day, like if, if wizards shut down, never going to happen. 
Like, if, if Magic stopped existing, or they stopped printing Magic cards, like, what do I think pe- Commander what would do... be played for another 25 years. Yeah, so. like, you know. <laughs> then, then people have to really, like, start making do with, like, what they have. And it's like, okay, if, if this is the definitive cutoff point for, for Modern, for Legacy, for Commander, like, what do we do then? And, uh... Yeah, I just, I just don't see, uh, I don't know, I just don't, I, 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 there's no real tried and true way to play Magic, and, like, just because we like to play Commander doesn't, you know, I don't know, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just rambling at this point, it's just that the, it, it's, it's, if anything, it's just, like, elitist talk at some point, and it gets exhausting to listen to it on either end, it's like, you know what? There's no tried and true way, but we like playing man like commander like this, and you guys like playing CDH. So we will stay in our lanes, and that's totally fine. That's because that's where we want to be, and that's uh, that's even making uh, the assumption that they're only playing CEDH because there's there's definitely people who are flexible and, and comfortable playing different, and they're aware of the different contexts to to emphasize each. Yeah, exactly. Like, they, they are not solely tied to... They're like, yeah, you know, like, I like playing Commander, but I also like the competitive aspect of CDH. And then someone gets into the whole, like, well, why play competitive? Because, like, there's no tournament structured. Like, if it's a tournament, like, if it's competitive, it's like, yeah, but it's competitive in the sense that, like, you want that finely tuned play, but now you have to deal with the 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 third and fourth at like uh axis of two other opponents you know like it it you hear about cdh games that go to turn five you hear that cdh games that end on turn one and yet every time people are like okay i have to like galaxy brain play this turn or i lose or like you know and like that's very interesting to hear about like there's so much i'm sure that that you could really get into like the nitty-gritty of like the analysis of play and like how does that translate to like other formats or like why why is that so different than like a regular commander game and like ultimately at the end of the day is like they want what feels like really good plays and play patterns that leads to a very concise early victory but it's like it and that's how they want to play no and so if everyone continues to like naysay and hate command hate cdh and oh cdh players are ruined commander i i I honestly got nothing to say (laughs) we're not having the same conversation i mean the the ruining commander comes more so from from watsi printing these very printing dahada and cards like that where it's like you're you're making it a little bit too easy to do the thing without forcing a player to commit to a specific um, restriction or line of play that is, you know, I just find it funny. tangential like, to, to the, 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 the line of what I find funny is they're like, Oh yeah, we'll make Dehada care about legendaries like for the plus. It's like, that still doesn't matter because like, it, it's all about that negative three. Like, that negative three is everything. And if you're still focusing on legendary creatures in Mardu, like, there are so many good ones that are multicolor, monocolor, low cost, high cost. And you know what? If you're making treasures, you can throw out, like, a Velamachus Lorehold really early. Or, uh, 
I, like I don't know. Honestly, like I just I think of like some neat stuff, but like a I'm, lot I'm of it is really strong. I'm I'm curious as far as like self-imposed restrictions go. I wonder if there's enough legendary lands to make the deck 100% uh legendary. Like that would hmm. that that would kind of be an interesting self self-imposed uh restriction to make it kind of a little bit a little bit more re- I don't want to say reasonable cuz that implies that just cuz it's powerful it's unreasonable, but no, it's it's kind of like a um oh, it looks like there just about is. Let me let me double check with is legal. Oh my gosh, I love Scryfall so much. <laughs> Shout out to Scryfall. You are way better than Gather. Oh wait, it is legal is not the Oh, I want commander. Legal commander. <laughs> uh alright, there's forty-four cards including flip cards. Um but Well, you probably don't want to play a few of these. I was gonna say, are they in <laughs> the right colors? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it, it is, it is. I have ID uh white, black, red. So like Hammerheim is a red legendary land that gives a target creature loses all land walk abilities until on the turn. So that's not great, but it makes a red mana, so it's So anyway, in. what we're trying to say here is that Wizards <laughs> needs to make more legendary lands, and then I could add that restriction, but yeah. It's it's almost there, except you I think you would need some way to filter mana. Because unfortunately, there's only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh oh. Uh oh. Eight, <laughs> nine, ten, eleven. So uh, 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 a, thir- a third of those legendary lands make colored mana, and the re- the rest do not. So that that might be quite tricky to to work around, but yeah, there, there's always there's always a way to kind of find a if you're worried about you know having the deck be too strong or being too similar to other decks or having a a build that doesn't feel personal or you're trying to like take a list off of EDH rec and just you know how do you differentiate it from just generic? Uh, there's always there's always a way to find a set of restrictions that are self-imposed that help you get get kind of in that mind space i mean really i guess the end of the day is what do you what do you want how do you feel go with that and eventually you'll find other people that vibe vibe with that i guess maybe actually that's what now, it comes now that i'm thinking about it CEDH is is already that's I mean it's one of the most popular forms of self-imposed restrictions where ideally and not always but ideally you're you're picking every single card that has no alter no stronger alternative each card in your your deck is Oh you is are you are playing the best like most of the time outside of like niche picks or something that's only dependent on like your meta uh yeah you are uh, like optimally playing the best of the best that so that I, I mean, CEDH is the most popular form of self-imposed restrictions. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, if you're not trying to play the best cards, what are you trying to play? Yeah. Um. I feel like there was another topic that we were supposed to talk about. Uh, we we kind of mentioned 
you didn't really i i think we, we briefly mentioned our experience like i i mentioned my decade i don't know if you wanted to talk about oh, i don't know i i've probably talked about myself enough times on this podcast but uh i've been playing magic I was introduced to magic as a kid. I probably wasn't older than like maybe six or seven or eight or something. And uh, someone showed me and my cousins how to play magic. Um, And I was playing some mono black deck with rats in it. And I couldn't tell you what the cards actually were. Nothing like sprung out of me when I was a kid. But I played magic back then. And then... um, uh, like even I read magic books in school. I read the Green Sleeves trilogy, and I read the uh, I read Arena, which had Garth One Eye in it. Um, and I was like, "Cool, oh that's cool." And then I bought a magic deck that was like forty cards. And then my buddy in high school, like I was sixteen, I think, or fifteen. My friend's like, "Oh yeah, I play magic," and I'm like, "I have magic cards." They're old, and I only have 40. He's like, okay, cool. Get stomped. Get steamrolled. I'm like, holy smokes. Like, okay, I better get back into this. And then uh, basically from that point onward, I've been playing Magic for probably about 12 years now. And I've been playing Commander for about 11 years. And uh, by far the most fun... By far the most fun that I've had playing Magic ever. It's just... It's so applicable to a lot of people because of how popular it is. And... Anyone, anyone can play, like, you know, sometimes rule zero, rule zero pending, and obviously, like, how I've assessed Commander, like, over the years has definitely changed, especially since, um, I find it's probably the easiest it's ever been to get into it because of the absolute boatload of legendary creatures you can grab, like, you bust open a pack nowadays, guaranteed you, you got a legend you can work with. Um, and then at the same time, it's like, it's simultaneously the worst time because of the sheer nuance of what people kind, want. kind of need a guide to and so, <laughs> figure out you know, how the fuck to get into You know, and, and then, and then not only that, like the leap in mentality, like the mentality change that you have to have of like, if, if you originally played cards from a one on one V one perspective, uh, you, the, the, you're like, okay, things need to scale up because the two mana 2-2 two, two bear is not going to do any good when you have three opponents, you know? So no matter how much I try and jam it into an on-tried uh, deck-themed build. <laughs> yeah, and like, you know, sometimes you can be just be like, I just got, I, and you know, at the end of the day, you can be like, I like this card, so I'm just putting the card in here. Um, but yeah, like, it, it is... Very much a much different beast than what it was back in the in 2010 or 2012 when it kind of really popped off and uh like and now like there's so but it's it's simultaneously the hardest to get into and the easiest to get into and it's ultimately like up to you on how you want to do it and like online communities luckily make that a lot easier of like. Oh, I know a lot of people over on on the Lexicon Discord, and that just means I, I have a lot easier time of jumping into games. Um, and then you guys are like, hey, we're looking for people for Saturday, and I'm like, I got time. <laughs> I can do that. I know how I know how you all roll. I can I can work with this. 
every week. Every week it's chaos trying to <laughs> figure figure out who's playing what when. Everyone's was, uh, just well, especially because you know everyone's like, "I'm ready." You want backups? We we could be backups, and then everyone's like, "I don't know." Like the first two host games could take like hours. Like we don't know. And that uh, yeah, that's one of the tricky parts about Commander. Sometimes it's like if you aren't playing always the strongest cards, sometimes there's just a one game can have a lot of back and forth and last three hours long. And there's th- that's been kind of a meme in the critiques of lower power games um sometimes even in high power games you just slug each other back and forth denying resources blowing yeah love removal and 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 like you're still probably in the exact same position you were five turns ago and it's it's now been two hours and you know what (laughs) except now you're tired and like like (laughs) that's just like and that's just a game of commander in general regardless of the power level like some people just cannot push through they try and then someone throws something like a wrench into their plans and it's you know you're back on square one trying to do it all over again and like heck i've been i've been playing for 11 years and i've had games of higher and lower power where that's just how the game ends you know it's it took you two hours but you know what everyone everyone freaking put their all in and you know you gotta really edge out that win you know every life matters and and taking game actions matters and the reduction of life totals early and late game matter shout out to quinn again always love the term just the you know meaningful meaningful contribution to the game by the reduction of life totals (laughs) Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Commander in a nutshell. So, so Nick, what what is MTG Lexicon? And, and you know, because we've obviously been talking about it, and we're, we're still going to talk about it, but, you know, who are you all? Where can people find you? And, and what, you know, what do, we all, what, do, what do we all love about it? Yeah, MTG Lexicon is both a stream and uh, a, a group of individuals. I think that's a good way of putting it. Um, unlike some other channels where you have like a, a maybe a, a main person and like people who help or like a, a, a just like a couple people, we we are a group of um, at this point I think we have seven active hosts, six six active active hosts or something like that. Um, and we kind of switch off each week and kind of by the seat of our pants. Half of the hosts have ADHD, so we're all we're all fucking disorganized. But <laughs> um, we we stream every every basically every Saturday night. Starting it, it's a little bit variable because of that issue of us being super disorganized. But we aim for six p.m. Pacific. Uh, and for the last year or so, we've been streaming from about six to midnight. A good six-hour chunk. That that's about that's about typical. Uh, we used to go for longer <laughs> years ago. What was still in Brandon's house, our producer. Um, we he had a, a bedroom that was only for the stream, and so those nights we would go from like seven p.m. to like one or two a.m. That's crazy. Uh, so that, that was a little that was a little crazy, especially because we did it every week. Um, and we've we've also dabbled for about a year now doing D and D live uh with with uh a few of our hosts doing in-person D&D um that's friday nights every every other friday night or or so about two, two a month um they've been doing that for the past year or so and so uh i'm 
one of the hosts, we call ourselves hosts, but really we're just the people trying to keep, keep this shit together. Um, and so my, my focus primarily over the last couple of years is kind of community management and making sure our discords up and running and, and kind of, uh, not falling apart. And so for the most part runs itself, but I'm, I'm the one fucking around with like channel listings and making sure people have the right permissions and shit. Um, and I set up a couple years ago, it was, it was around the time that Play EDH put up a paywall for their um, looking for games channel. I was like, oh shit, I got, I gotta like, I gotta make our spot cool. And well, so I mean, hey, I, that's I, why I, I showed up. I, I heard, <laughs> I always, so Pandemic Kids read, I always heard iffy things. I mean, Play EDH is still going around and like, that's fine. They're, they're. What I heard about them was they not got really their own my thing. thing. Some people like it, some people don't. <laughs> but it wasn't for me, and then I cannot remember for the life of me who shouted you out um, on on Twitter over a couple years ago now. But they're like, um, "Oh yeah, like if you if you're looking for games or whatever, go over to MTG Lexicon." And I'm like, uh, "Cool, that imme- immediately sounds way better." And uh, here I am. You know, I've had, you know, your third, the, th- no, actually, no, correction, the fourth host who's, who's been on, and, uh, you know, a lot of other people that I've met and play with even regularly, I've met through you guys, and, Ten, you know, through the, through the community. Yeah, I've, I've met, I, I think I mentioned it earlier, late 2020, I played a bunch of webcam commander, and just, that, that became my social interaction for a few months, where I, I, I wasn't seeing people. I was I wasn't going on stream either, but I was getting to know like some people from the the commander community and kind of I got to play some games with you. I played with Fitz a bunch. I played with our uh the person who did our art for our playmat in Thralaman, aka Joel. Um and there there's other people like I I've you know in and out just communicated with by playing games and just hanging out in Discord and shit and so if you if y'all want a place to watch Commander, you can go to our Twitch every Saturday night. But if you want to play a place to play Commander, uh, we have a, a a not not a super busy but like a, a somewhat thriving uh, looking for games channel in our Discord. So hop hop in the MTG Lexicon Discord. Uh, all of the relevant links. Uh, I think we updated Matt H updated our link tree. So I think it's link dot oh wait wait how do you spell link tree link tr t link tr dot e e forward slash sheesh uh forward slash mtg lexicon i want to say it's one word oh luckily i'll just put all the links in the description so we don't have to worry about that yeah that's a good point too uh you'll you'll find you'll find all the relevant stuff on the link tree but uh yeah that I think that's everything. Uh, I got I got other decks as well. I guess a personal plug is uh, I mentioned earlier I don't disassemble my decks, but I do sell them. Uh, there are some decks that I'm that that are my little babies, and I will not sell my babies. But other other my decks are just either cool ideas or just like solid builds that if you want to check out, uh, I have a spreadsheet that I haven't. It's been a bit since I updated it, but it's bit.ly forward slash g the number three decks and this is kind of like a self uh tracking list of everything i've built over the last few years and not so many notes about some of my earlier pre 
20, like prior to 2016, none of my decks are really tracked except for the decks that survived that era. Um, like my Mayel, and I've had the Animar deck forever. And I never, deck was I never, decks I, I never properly update any of my lists or put them on Moxfield all the time. Like it, one, I guess maybe it's my fault. I've, I have like 40 decks. <laughs> it's pretty hard. Sometimes I do oh, updates. I got, I got and I'm your like, beat, Cole. Oh, I got your beat. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> it's not a competition, uh, but maybe it is. Hmm. Mm. So yeah, you don't need to always update your list, but I like to have it just because of the fact that I've tried to sell some of my decks. I, I have sold like a dozen of them at this point. So if, if you're interested in not putting in too much hassle into deck building and you need some help or whatever. Like I, I do, I do have complete decks and then I have, I have another, basically a, another hundred decks that are in various stages of this is like five cards of a pile that all have the same theme all the way to this is 200 cards that are all in the same color and could probably play together. So I have, I have a wide range of potential builds that if anyone wants to, Oh, get get another deck in their repertoire, or are just starting playing Commander. Hit me up, and I'm I'm I got references and whatnot. I'll send you pictures. I got some got some cool cards, and uh, yeah, buy buy my decks. <laughs> hey, there you go. So yeah, <laughs> didn't realize this was also going to be a sales pitch, but hey, there you go. Plugs, 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 plugs. So yeah, uh, I definitely do highly recommend go checking out MTG Lexicon. Uh, the crew has been fantastic. I have met a lot of really cool people through them. Uh, people are always looking for games, and there's a lot of stuff happening, a lot of conversations, a lot of great content. So please go check them out on Fridays and Saturdays, and uh, go back. Uh, go back to go listen to my episode with Empress Quinn. Uh, go to listen to one with Brandon, the producer, and uh, go listen to one with Jeff. All of them were Jeff. Pre- pretty fun. <laughs> and yeah, so that is it for this episode of Uncommon Commander. Thank you everyone for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for having me. Of course.